so it's you know a wonderful thing that I've met them but then I will never hear her voice I will never get to touch her I will never get to see her I will never get to have that experience and I think that hurts I mean it hurts that someone took her from this world prematurely and you know why why did you have to do that why did you have to murder her like what was the point Who am I? 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 This is Who Am I Really? A podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. I'm Damon Davis, and on today's show is Ashley. She called me from New Jersey, but she grew up in Portland, Oregon. Ashley shares her story growing up in adoption and having a positive outlook on her life because she felt like she was placed for a reason. She searched off and on for years and with periodic focus, but it was a quick lunch break internet search that changed everything. Ashley learned that her birth mother had been violently taken from their family and her aunt was looking for her in the aftermath. This is Ashley's journey. Ashley was adopted at the age of two. Her father was a social worker, so he was friends with the social worker on Ashley's adoption case who told him that there was a cute little girl he might want to adopt. Ashley grew up mostly with her mother because her parents divorced when she was seven years old. She had two sisters, one who was also adopted, the other who was biological to their parents. Ashley found out she was adopted at eight years old. From what I remember, we were in her room on her bed and... She just was like, you're adopted. And I don't quite remember my sister's reaction. Mine was like, no, I'm not. I'm your daughter. You know, there's no way I possibly be adopted. I'm your daughter. Stop playing. So I thought she was joking. She didn't know how people do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right, you're adopted. Right. But uh, she was like, no, no, you're really adopted. And I think in my eight-year-old brain, I couldn't quite comprehend what that meant. I just knew that I wasn't my mother's daughter, but that's really the level I, I comprehended. Wow. So your little eight-year-old brain was like, nah, this can't, that's not right. Right. Because I don't think I was exposed to the word adoption and really understood what it was. Maybe I saw it on TV, but really didn't understand what that meant. What did you do? Did you ask questions of your parents about it? Did you ask your friends about it? Do you recall anything about how you sort of reacted to this sort of bewildering news? I think at the moment I was hurt, confused. I didn't really ask too many questions to my mother because I I, I think I was in such a state of shock that I didn't know what to ask and how to ask. Now, when I went to school... We were talking about different kinds of families, and my teacher mentioned, you know, one kind of family is adoption. Like, you know, the children are adopted into the family. The parents chose the children. And I was like, wait a minute. I recognize that word because my mom said that word to me. And I raised my hand. I was like, well, I'm adopted. And my teacher was like, really? You know, and she didn't really go into it. She's like, you know, that's wonderful. You know, your parents got to choose you and made it very comfortable for me I didn't feel out of place or uncomfortable but me saying that in my classroom what I had a friend that came up to me now we're still lifelong friends and she came up to me and we became best friends because she's adopted as well so me saying that I gained a friend from it 
Ashley was thankful for her new friend, also an adoptee, because she had someone to bond with over adoption. I asked her if she and her younger sister spoke of their adoptions, but she said no, not until they were adults. She felt like they left the topic alone in their house because they were unsure how their mother would react. When Ashley got to middle school, she said she admitted her adoption to friends more freely. And with maturity, she developed a positive outlook on it, even though she didn't know what her story was. She told herself there must have been a reason she was placed with her parents, and her faith told her that God had done this for that reason. When I asked Ashley what catalyzed her interest in searching for her birth relatives, she told me that when she reached high school, her mother showed her a collection of personal items. My birth mother left me a box of things. I had a ring, a spoon with my zodiac sign on it, picture, well, a picture of her, and a diaper pin. Wow. And so my mother let me see this. And so once I saw that, that sparked my interest, and interest in, in finding information. At that moment, her adoption was tangible. There were artifacts from her earlier life, and the photo of her birth mother made it all real. Ashley also saw a Polaroid instant picture of herself as a little kid in foster care. She said she thought the picture was really cute, but she also noticed that words had been whited out on the border of the photo. She scraped away the whiteout. And that's when I found out what my birth name was, because oh. it was on the picture. Really? That's yes. really interesting. What did you think when you saw that? I was like, really? Like, it's so many different emotions. Like, really, that's my name? Do I look like that kind of a name? I don't know if that fits me now. Because <laughs> I've been actually, you know, since I can remember. We agreed. It can be kind of trippy to learn your birth name or even to see a picture of yourself from a time before every other photo you've ever known. Ashley had a copy of her birth certificate, which had her birth name, her birth mother's name, but not her birth father's identity. It was the late 1990s, so she searched online for her birth mother, but her name was so common, it was too hard to distinguish her birth mother from the other women she found. She narrowed her search to a combination of the woman's name and the state, Louisiana, where her birth mother was from, but there were still too many hits. Ashley stopped looking for a while, and she was a little discouraged and frustrated. She checked online from time to time, for 19 years, checking social media and search engines. It wasn't until Ashley was 35 years old and she was at work one day when she found the information she needed completely by accident. My coworker and I were talking about starting a nonprofit. And she was like, well, why don't you start a nonprofit helping people find their birth families? And I was like, how am I going to do that if I haven't found my own birth family? Like, <laughs> right. That's not possible. I can't put myself out there like I know what I'm doing if I haven't done what I need to do. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, let me just sit down on this computer and I'm going to show you how I don't know what I'm doing. And I Googled what I thought was my mother's name. And on Google, it has, you know, keywords that it finds on different articles or magazines or whatever. So her name actually was in this article. And I was like, well, here's this article, but the name I thought was my mother's name was really not her name. The article had just had her name that had names that I thought was her name in the article, but it wasn't the title of the article at all. But let me read the article down until I see her name. So I, my mother, anytime I asked questions when I was older, she would tell me little things. Like she would visit me, her and my birth father would visit me. They 
lived in Oregon for a while. I know what hospital I was born in. I know what county I was born in. So those little things I read, and I knew that she had a record because the picture I have of her is actually a mugshot. I know she was booked in Portland a couple times. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, she lived in Portland. I know that much, and I know... She was a prostitute, and in the in the article, it spoke about her being a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept reading the article, and I was like, you know what? There's too many similarities. But I was like, but the name doesn't match. That's what really tripped me up. The name never matched. The name Ashley had for her mother was Sherry, but the article kept referring to a woman named Rita. Ashley did an internet search for Rita. A picture popped up, and I was like, okay, that picture looks like what I have. It's not the same picture. But it looks like it could possibly be her. Now, I saved the picture into my email. Just, I don't know why, I just saved it. So I pulled the picture up on my email, and I can put it up to the computer screen, and I compared the pictures, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I called my coworker over. I was like, does this look like the same person to you? And she just started crying. Wow. So I was like, wait, but that's not answering my question. I was like, do you think? She's like, that's her. That is her. I was like, okay. So I read the article, and it was a cold case on her, mm-hmm. was what the article was. And they were trying to find who she was. Because, like, she was murdered in 88, and they didn't find her body until 89. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for any family members that she may have just to identify the body, and you know, so they could try to solve this mystery. Ashley read that article dated 2014, where she learned that none of the aliases she knew so far were her mother's real identity. Her birth mother's name was Celia. Ashley continued reading articles about Celia's death, and at the end of one of them, dated 2016, there was a link to a video news report where Celia's sister, Ashley's aunt, was interviewed. Watched the news report and watched the interview with my aunt, which I didn't know was my aunt. And she was like, at the end of the interview, I'm searching for her children. And she was like, I know that she has a daughter whose name is Starla. And if anybody has any information, you know, please call me. And when she said Starla, I just broke down and started crying. Because I knew that was what my birth name was. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it, it took me a long time to, like, calm down. I'm just crying. I'm like, it's really her. It's really everything that I've been looking for. Uh, and then once I calmed down, I was like, okay, what do I do next? Ashley went to Facebook, where she found her aunt's account was wide open. She had posted a gang of pictures, so Ashley scrolled through them all until she found a baby picture. So I click on the baby picture, and it says, this is my niece, Darla. We are looking for her. She should be 34 years old now. If anybody has any information, please call. And she put a number underneath it. Now, I didn't have the nerve to call. I didn't. But I Facebook messaged her. And I was like, hi, my name's Ashley. I was born on this date. Uh, I think I may be your niece. And this was actually Christmas Eve. I mean, yeah, Christmas Eve when I emailed her on on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And left my number and everything in it. Like, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, she's calling me. I was like, I don't have the nerve. I can't, I don't, I can't answer the phone right now. So I waited until Christmas Day, and then I called her. And I gave her the information I know, and I guess she, you know, compared the information that she knew. And that's how we initially made contact. 
So you speak with her on Christmas Day. That must have been so emotional. Oh, gosh, yes. It was, it was, yes, it was so emotional. It was a blessing because, you know, this is your gift. You know, I'm getting my Christmas gift also. I'm so sorry that you didn't, you never got to meet her. I mean, that must have been really, really difficult to discover that she had been murdered. Not just that she was dead, but that she's been murdered. And but then you're devastated, hurt, confused, because it's still a cold, to this day, it's still a cold case file, and it's still open, and they still don't know what happened. That was 2016. Ashley's aunt didn't know where her sister was at the time of her death. One of the aunt's friends saw a show featuring missing or unidentified people and told the aunt that it looked like her sister on the program. Her aunt called in to identify Celia, a murder victim in Washington State. Of course, Ashley's aunt wanted to meet her. Ashley lives in New Jersey. Her aunt is from Sacramento, California, so it was a long way to meet one another. Ashley was feeling a little guarded, too. She felt pretty confident that she was the Starla they were looking for, but they had no DNA proof to confirm their relation. To top it off, she didn't know these people, so there were the natural butterflies of meeting strangers compounding the logistics of connecting from across the nation. Ashley's aunt told her that the local news said if they ever found one another, they wanted to do a news story. Recognizing Ashley had taken in a lot of news and had been on a huge emotional journey, I wondered whom she had confided in about her experience so far. It was huge. I spoke with my aunt who lives here, who is my adoptive aunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke with her, I, you know, of course, told my mom. I called my mom, like, seconds after I found. I was like, you know, oh, my gosh, I found my birth family, and I'm crying, hysterical. But she, you know, she's very supportive. She was very, very supportive in this situation. Mm-hmm. Very, very supportive. Um, and also my husband, who's here, and I called him. I called anybody I could think of <laughs> in my family. Like, this is what happened to me mm-hmm. on my lunch break. Ashley reminded me that every time she sat down to focus on her search, she didn't uncover anything meaningful. But this particular time, just messing around on her lunch break, all of this unfolded. So I asked her what she decided to do for their first meeting. I um, went on my spring break because I'm a teacher, so I went during my spring break. It was in April of 17. Wait, uh, you're a teacher? How did you gather yourself to teach for the rest of the afternoon? Uh, that's a really great question because I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure how I did it, but I did it. And it was cause it was right before Christmas holiday break, so I didn't have a lot of kids. So it was okay. So it, was, it was all right, but I'm not sure how I did that. She booked a plane ticket for spring break 2017 with her husband. Her aunt told her during their layover in Chicago that the news cameras would meet them at the Sacramento airport. On the ground in Chicago... Ashley rushed to the bathroom to make sure her hair and makeup were on point. Then she boarded the plane for California. She was on Facebook Live at every stop from Newark to Sacramento. The TV cameras captured the rest. It was dramatic. It was like a long escalator down. And as I'm going down the escalator, well, at the top of the escalator, one of my aunts met me. So two of them came to the airport. The one that met me at the top of the escalator and we went down and I see the news cameras and I see my other aunt who was the one who was on the news. And, you know, the news camera's just capturing every moment mm-hmm. that happened. You know, of course, you're crying and hugging and 
I did a little interview. My aunt did an interview and then grabbed my bags and left. Mm-hmm. And went to eat. Mm-hmm. When we went to eat, I have a brother from my mother. And he met us at the restaurant. You knew that before you met, went there? I did know I had a brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, my aunt told me that I had a brother. Now, there may be other siblings, but we don't know. Wow. So what did you learn about your biological mother from your aunt? That she was very headstrong. She left the house early. She took care of herself. She had her own apartment. Uh, she was in the lifestyle of prostitution. And, you know, she did get arrested a couple good times, you know, for prostitution, for drugs. But I don't think finding that out ever changed my opinion on her. I was like, you know, I, I can't judge. I've never judged either one of my parents mm-hmm. for, for the life they live. That's and impressive. Made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, not to mention yeah, was, she carried you to term. Yeah, and you know what? She had me for the first three months of my life. Oh, really? So she tried. Yeah, she tried. I'm not quite sure what happened, but I was taken away. Fascinating. What else did you learn about her? Like I said, they they always told me she was a beautiful person. She had a big heart. Like I said, she was headstrong. And, you know, but she always would call and check in on him, on my brother. Mm-hmm. So she always made sure he was okay. Wow. Until she couldn't anymore. And he, for a while, he didn't know why the phone call stopped. He didn't know for years until they, you know, figured out where my mother was, that she was deceased. Ashley's brother is three years older than herself. He was raised by his father's family, and their mother was in and out of his life until he was about eight. Ashley said, he's really funny, has a great heart, and he's just a really good guy. People tell her she looks like Celia, but she can't really see it herself. It sounded like the family thinks there may be other children of Celia's out there, but no one knows for sure. When I asked if she ever sought out her birth father, she said no. Ashley learned his name when she got her original birth certificate, which had his name on it and her mother's alias. Ashley googled him with search terms including his full name, the state of Georgia where he's from, and his estimated age. So I googled his name, and of course a picture pops up again. And I'm, I don't have any pictures of him, so I'm assuming that's him, but I really don't know. So I you know, go in, attentively look, and I found an address and a phone number, but I'm, it's just there right now. I haven't done anything with it. I guess I'm nervous because with my the my birth mother's family, I knew they were looking for me. So it was very easy for me to be like, hey, here I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he feels. Yeah. I know he tried to to get me at one point when I was a baby. Oh. I, but I'm not quite sure exactly what happened with that, but I know he tried. Hmm. So that, you know, that makes me feel better. Yeah, absolutely. That should give you some encouragement to reach out then. It should. So I, I'm still afraid of the rejection because he's older now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm still a little kind of afraid of that one. Yeah, I hear you. Do you feel like you, do you feel like you need anything from him? Like need to know him? No, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I think I would like to know him. I would like to hear his stories about my mother because he had a different relationship than my family had with him. You think you'll ever get up the nerve to do it, to reach out? My 
friend told me I need to because he's older. He's 77 now. So she was like, you need to do it before, you know, you can't do it. That's a really, really good point. People are here one minute, gone the next. And heaven forbid something Mm -hmm. happen, you'll have two people whom you don't have the opportunity to connect with. And that would be really tragic. Ashley had been holding on to her birth father's information for more than six months when we chatted a while back. She said she examines the man's face in the photo to look for pieces of herself. I know what that indecision is like, to sit with important contact information for a relative, but not know when or whether to reach out. I encouraged Ashley to just write the letter. Then, one day when she feels up to it, she can just send it off and it'll be done. She agreed that she needs to do it because she wouldn't want to live with the regret of not even trying to make contact. Considering the emotional journey Ashley's been on, I asked how she's doing now. People ask me all the time, like, how do you feel? Like, how, how do you feel about everything that's going on? And it's like, it's so confusing to, to really describe how it is. I'm grateful to have met this wonderful people. Because they're really, really great people. And, you know, we're supposed to go to Hawaii in December for a family union, my Hawaiian side, and meet, you know, cousins and everything over there. So it's, you know, a wonderful thing that I've met them. But then I will never hear her voice. I will never get to touch her. I will never get to see her. I will never get to have that experience. And I think that hurts. I mean, it hurts that someone took her from this world prematurely. And, you know, why? Why did you have to do that? Why did you have to murder her? Like, what was the point? Mm-hmm. So there's so many different emotions that go into all of this. Because you don't get what people classically sort of think of as closure, you know, sort of an end to yeah. the story. It's it's an open case, all right? It is. That's crazy. Is. Mm, mm, mm. And all these years later, like, I ha- I'm so grateful for it the police department to decide to keep it open. You know, she started in 88. It was 2018 and still on the case. They kept her remains. I was able to get an urn with her remains in it. Wow. But, you know, and they, my aunt didn't find her until 2016 and they still had her urn. And that's amazing to me. That is amazing. That shows a great deal of compassion that they recognize, you know, that this wasn't just yeah. some horrible street person. This is somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's yeah. what have you. That's really, yeah, that is really great. So thankful for that detective. Wow, Ashley. I appreciate you reaching out to tell your story, Ashley. I'm so sorry for how that it is, how it unfolded prior to your ability to find her, but you know, hopefully your birth father will lend some clarity to the situation prior to you discovering basically who you are. And, um, and shed some light on the thing. It's it's going to be interesting to see when you gather the guts to do it. Yeah, it, it is. And I'm, you know, I'm excited to do it. I mm. need to do it. It's yeah. just that little bit, that little teensy tiny bit of fear. Yeah. It's a Pandora's box, you know. And, and just knowing how this panned out, I was like, okay, I know it's not going to be as tragic as this. So that's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Because if he's still alive, you know, he's living pretty much a normal life, I'm assuming, in Georgia. One would hope, yeah. And what I've, yeah. Well, if this has taught you anything, I'm sure it's that you can't predict <laughs> what the story actually is, right? I mean, 
not at all. I could have never written this myself. Yeah, that's exactly right. So just open-minded going into this next phase is all you can be, right? That's true. Yeah. All right, Ashley. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing your story. That was very brave. This is this is tough. Thank you for having this platform for me to tell the story. No, I do appreciate that. It's my pleasure, and I hope you'll reach out when you do finally make this second connection. Because I'd love to hear what happens next. Okay. Okay. Yes, definitely will. All right, Ashley. All the best to you. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, it's me. Ashley expressed deep sorrow for the fact that Celia was taken from their family and that she would never get to know any piece of her. Many adoptees are scared that when they begin their search, they will find their birth mother is deceased. But to learn that she was murdered was an additional level of cruel discovery that Ashley never could have prepared herself for. I felt hopeful when Ashley said that her birth father tried to keep her years ago. For me, that meant he'd be more likely to receive her positively when she decided to reconnect. I emailed Ashley to see if she had contacted her birth father since we spoke. Here's what she said. Unfortunately, I have not reached out yet. I have attended an adoption support group here in New Jersey and it was an amazing experience. They also encouraged me to reach out. I'm slowly writing the letter. Prayerfully, it will be in the mail soon. I'm Damon Davis, and I hope you'll find something in Ashley's journey that inspires you, validates your feelings about wanting to search, or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn, who am I, really? If you would like to share your adoption journey and your attempt to connect with your biological family, please visit whoamireallypodcast.com slash share. You can choose to share your whole story, maintain some privacy about parts of your journey, or share completely anonymously. You can find the show at facebook.com slash WAIReally or follow me on Twitter at WAIReally. And please, if you like the show, you can support me at patreon.com slash WAIReally. You can subscribe to Who Am I Really on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, it would mean so much to me if you would take a moment to share a rating or leave a comment. Those ratings can help others to find the podcast too.